In 2018, I took a trip to Rome and Athens, and I brought along my Tascam DR40, and I recorded a bunch of sounds while I was there. Here I am walking around the grounds of the Lyceum. This was a school of philosophy founded by Aristotle. Walking down an alley in Rome, I captured church bells ringing in the hour. This is one of the two fountains in front of the Vatican. And I even got to attend a mass given by the Pope. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tui mulieribus, et benedictus frutus ventris tui, Jesus. Santa Maria, Madre Dei, ora pro nobis as people turn to podcasts to tell stories, using sound design is an underused tool to place the listener inside of the story. For episode two of Southern California Podcasters, I speak with Michelle Alexis Newman, creator of the podcast, The Land of Failed Ideas about how she used sound design to create a world where failed ideas can live in peace. So we are standing on the balcony in Pasadena, California on Colorado Boulevard, overlooking Colorado and DeLacy. And I'm here with Michelle Alexis Newman. That's me. Creator of the podcast, The Land of Failed Ideas. That's me. Just constantly just visiting, just in from the land of failed ideas, really. So the first thing that I, that I wanted to talk about is failures, failing, and how how much I do it as an engineer. <laughs> I feel like it's one of those jobs where half of the time I'm failing, half yeah. of the time I'm succeeding. Ugh. And and the way it happens for me is after I fail, mm-hmm. after I, I, I blow something, I uh, cuss a lot. There's a lot of profanity. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I completely blame myself for mm. the failure, regardless if it was my fault or not. Yep, shaming. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I sit there and I talk myself through what happened, why it happened, what Ooh. I could have done differently. Uh, you know, I, I play out multiple scenarios. Uh-huh. If I was working with someone else at the gig, I'll talk to them about it yeah. and get their input from it. And then I finally accept it. I mean... This sounds like the stages of grief that you're going through. This is good. And then the very last thing is uh, what I think is the most important thing is I try and learn a lesson. I try and come up with, okay, I blew this. Now, you know, what can I do to not do this again? That's like the healthiest way I've ever heard of it. (laughs) That was just a woman on an electric bike going as fast as she could. Um, Honestly... 
that is such a healthy way to deal with failure. Because I would say I hold on to it, get really focused on it, um, really minutely just like, oh, you know, like, oh, this idea just didn't work, this did and like, um, letting go of it and accepting it is probably my hardest lesson that I've had to learn in life, which is probably why I wanted to create the land of failed ideas. Because maybe, just maybe there would be a spot where it could go, you know? Because, like, some bad ideas just, they weren't bad, they just didn't happen for some reason. And, um... How do you determine when something is a failure? I mean, I know it's different, which, uh, you know, it's with, like, with every projects, everything. Um, well, but is there anything that happened recently where you finally came to the conclusion, you know what, this is just not going to work? Uh, yeah, um... Well, number one, like, every day, right? Like, there's, like, moments where you're just like, oh, this is the best idea I've ever had, and you have a lot of juice. And then sometimes by the end of the day, it's like, I'm, this isn't going to happen. Last week, I tried to re-edit Lord of the Rings to just be about Treebeard. I didn't finish it in a day. Am I ever going to finish it? I don't fucking know. I don't know. Is it a good idea? <laughs> Did I want to do it? Sure. <laughs> but... You know, it gets, like, put on the shelf. And it is it is tough to determine, like, was that a good idea? Did this just not have the steam to get done? Is just the... Is just the thought maybe enough? Like, maybe that's all you needed. Right. Did you learn anything from that? Or is it still too fresh that you haven't... Oh, no, I haven't learned any. That is, like, that's me in process. I I wouldn't say that's a failed idea yet. I'd say I'm still in process where I'm like, this only needs, like, three more cuts to it. I'm done. And, you know, whatever. We'll have Treebeard. Treebeard the movie. Um, No, I would say failure comes from, you know, you just have to work enough to fail at something to be good. Like, you have to just fail enough to be good. Uh, I've done a lot of interviews. I think one of the things that stuck with me was that um, a friend of mine was like, you got to fail upward. Like, you got to keep failing upward. So you do have to learn something each and every single time. Um, but, yeah, my... I think, I think, like, a lot of the stuff that I make comes from this really childlike place. So it's really hard for me, like... It's hard for me to put down ideas that are coming from, like, my childhood. You know, like, I want them to have a place to go. Like, I like these ideas that come to me, and um, that's why I created this place. It's like this little playground for bad ideas to go, and then you can really let them go and move on. It's like a, a therapy crutch to just be like... Well, I can release this idea, and it's not a not a big, you know. Big 
Michelle, thank you so much for meeting me and doing this. Absolutely. Thanks for asking me. So we uh, re-met a couple weeks ago, or a month ago rather, at the On Air Fest, I think it was called. I think that is what it was. At yeah. KCRW, mm-hmm. which was like a big, fancy networking panel so discussion networking. thing. So much networking. So yeah. much networking. But initially, I know you from uh, working together in reality television. <laughs> yeah, we worked on Next Top Model together. You can bleep the show. I don't know if we still work for them uh i'll go on the record for saying i'm a terrible pa like i'll go on the record for that i'm also a terrible waitress i don't do well making other people happy was that the first show that you worked on uh yeah it was like my first job in la actually oh really yeah my friend uh my friend had worked on the show but wasn't working on it that season so it was like oh so you were all alone Uh, Yeah. So and I came in like a week after the show had started. So I was only on the show for three weeks. And uh, also I was a driving PA and didn't know how to drive in Los Angeles. Um, Brutal. It was pretty brutal. But the crew that I was driving actually ended up driving the minivan themselves. They just but didn't fire me because they knew it was my first job there. So did thanks, you stay guys. on the show after? Did you know you were done? No, absolutely done. I ended up doing like a photography PA gig on the show Born This Way, like maybe three years ago. And I was like, this is a nice way to bookend reality TV because Next Top Model was weird, uh, run by PAs pretty much little sexist, little strange. And then to be on Born This Way, which was run by women. It's about kids with Down syndrome. So everybody's like really just motherly and welcoming and on it and aware. And I was like, perfect. And I made double what I made as a PA on Next Top Model. So you were pretty much one and done after Top Model. And then after that, but you're a photographer and you've been a photographer, you know, prior to that. So then after Top Model, what did you start doing work-wise? Uh, I just started working as a photographer, pretty much, and um, uh, showing a lot of artwork. Um, it's funny, I got to Los Angeles, and I was told to really, like, narrow down my focus and really just focus on photography. Like, a lot of my community just wanted me to do that. But I've always been, like, a, a multimedia artist. I went to film school, you know? Like, I... I have other backgrounds in storytelling, and in order to make money, I was told to narrow my focus, and only recently, I think, I've been starting to branch out again, which I think is another reason the podcast happened, so. And how did you get into podcasting? Did you, do you remember, like, the first shows that you started listening to? Uh, yeah, I mean, I loved My Favorite Murder. Those ladies are, you know, no matter what, you just listen to them, and you're like, oh, they're my best friends. I started working, I work part-time at this, I don't know, it's like not a, it's, it's photography, but it's like in an office, so I'd have a lot of time editing, um, and so like I kind of started listening to more podcasts, and I was going through kind of this total, I was so burnt out with visual art, um, I feel like we're really oversaturated with it, I spent two years shooting a book that like got hijacked from me um and it was a terrible experience like they violated a contract there was like I mean it was it was I was just like so burnt out I was so burnt out and I was just like I don't know what to do next and so like I kind of started 
listening to podcasts and I just felt like this love for a media that is so intimate because I think visual art right now and social media, it's very isolating and it's very um, ethereal. Like you just scroll past it and it's gone and we just consume and consume and consume it and we don't really realize what we're even absorbing anymore. But with podcasts, you kind of got to pause. You kind of, you have like what, like an hour to just listen to these people and they're in your head. I really love stuff you should know because I love random facts. Um, Those guys will be in my dreams sometimes. (laughs) But just their voices, like not, not like, not their, I didn't know what they looked like for like a year, but like, yeah. So it is like just a more intimate art form. And I found real solace in it after after that experience. So then you started listening to a bunch of shows. Mm-hmm. How how long after you started listening to shows did you decide, hey, this is something I want to get into? Um, so like I was mulling over that whole thing about the book, right? And so like it had gotten really taken out of my hands. Like I had wanted to make a kid's book and my creative partner had just kind of like pitched it in a way to a publisher that was just a fine art book but I had been really focused on making it this kids book and that was the idea and it was coming from all this this heartfelt place of like oh Greek mythology meant so much to me as a little kid and and it was like these photos of my creative partner dressed as Greek gods and goddesses and uh there was like all this gender bending and like you know it was going to be this really beautiful kids book and then he kind of It gets really muddy because it seems like he manipulated the situation um, and pitched it as something else. And eventually it just, they took my name off it and they took the project. And I couldn't let go of wanting to make that kid's book. Like, I, it just, like, that's what bugged me. And I was like, okay, what if, like, I just couldn't let it go. So I was just like, what if there was, like, a place... Like, just as, like, an intellectual exercise of being, like, what if there was a place where I could leave this project and it would be okay? Like, what if we could move this idea into a realm, like, a different art form, like, in a different media? And so that's kind of where it came from. And, like, I was like, okay, so what does that realm look like? And so I just started to build on there. And, like, I've hung out with artists forever, People always have ideas that just don't go anywhere, anywhere. And it's like a great idea and it just didn't go somewhere. And that was like, like kind of like, you know, okay, so this kid's book, it wasn't anybody's fault that it just didn't happen. I mean, it was like, well, it was some people's fault that it didn't (laughs) But like, it was out of my hands. It wasn't my fault. So, you know, it didn't mean it was a bad idea. It just needed to be let go of. So I was like, what does that look like physically? And so I just started to describe what the land of failed, like what that would be like. So, and then I just started asking my friends and my, I float in comedy and art circles. And I was like, what is failure? What is a failed idea? And what idea would you want to let go of? And so that's, that's kind of how it came about is, is that way. And then what was your first step to, you know, learn how to do all this? Because you, 
created the show, recorded the show, edit the show, you do everything. Yeah, and uh, I did it all last year. So I started in January not knowing how to do anything. And then, I don't know, by the end of the year, being able to go to podcasts, networking events at least. So, Did you reach out to any friends? that? Yes. Okay. I absolutely did because one of the critiques that I've gotten on my work is um, great idea, uh, just technically didn't work. You know, like, oh, you know, like, great video, but, like, oh, you should have gotten a DP to, like, record it. Just, you know, the, the, I've gotten that, I'm very sensitive to that kind of comment. So I approached an, um, one of my friends who does audio, and I was like, how can I make this sound the best it can sound? Because there's a lot of podcasts out there where it's, like, a great concept, but it is like they recorded it off the computer <laughs> you know like it is um i think i was looking up angela lansbury murder she wrote podcast one day and i was like why why is not any of, why aren't any of these listenable this is such a good show so i <laughs> got him to come over i got the best micro the best microphones i could afford i bought refurbished Hold on. I knew you were going to ask, so I'm I took a to. photo. Thank you. I appreciate it. I was like, oh, yes, yeah, Steve Hernandez, all these technical questions. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God, what do I even know? Um, Audio Technica AT 2020 USBs. Very, very common microphone. That is one of the go-to for people just starting off. So, Amazing. I mean, yeah, that's totally good. It sounds very good. Cause especially because the intro of my podcast, I did just record off the computer just because, and I've always kept it because of the timing. Like, cause I'm just like, I don't know if I can repeat this timing and it's funny. So you do hear a shift between, between that recorded off the computer to the actual microphones. Um, but anyway, so I got, like, I got my friend to come over. He basically walked around and clapped like you were talking about live audio or, or like a live room. And he just walked around and just did that. And he was like, okay, here's where you should record. This is the best spot. And I was like, okay, okay, I'll do that. And then he set up everything in GarageBand for me, which was super helpful. Um, and there was a learning curve because I had to go back like anytime I unplugged the mics, there was like a massive like panic of like, am I ever going to get this to hook back up to itself ever again? So eventually I did have to learn how those things connect. Um, but yeah, I just tried to keep it as simple as possible because I really wanted to focus on people talking about their failed ideas. And also because it can get, like I know it gets sensitive with me you know, and I wanted to give people that breathing space to be able to, like, talk. When I first started out, I, there are, like, when, when people talk about their failed ideas, it's really interesting because I can see when people hit a loop in their brain, you know, like, and they'll get triggered and they'll say the same thing over and over and over again. And, uh, you know, and it was also kind of interesting when I started, like, the people that I'd get to come out and do it, something really cool would happen to them after they released that idea. Like, I don't know. There was, like, I was just like, oh, this is, like, kind of powerful stuff we're doing, and I, I don't know if I even understand how 
how important this is that we're actually doing. How did you go about picking people for your episodes? Uh, I picked people that I knew I had, had like chemistry with, like uh, just because there is like a level of therapy to it, but also just a level of banter. Like we needed to be able to have a conversation. I didn't want someone to just come and cry the whole time, you know? Right. Um, Although also totally valid if someone just wanted to come and cry, and that's fine too, (laughs) but not, you know, the most entertaining podcast you could, maybe that would be an entertaining, maybe that would be an entertaining podcast to just have somebody cry for an hour. Oh. Be brutal. It try, would be brutal. Try but it. I, that's like some deep audio art, just crying for an hour. Full body sobs, though. So one of the other things that I really liked about the show that I don't think enough people do, and I applaud you for doing it because it was done so well, is the sound design. Oh, thank you. The sound design is fantastic on the show. Thank you. What was what was the decision or, you know, like how did that come about that you wanted to use that as a tool to tell these stories? Well, there's like whimsy to it. Like you want to bring the failed idea to life. Like the failed idea is transitioning into like, it's not going to be like a movie or it's not going to be like whatever you thought it was going to be. Right. So it's like a way to honor the failed ideas to like make it into this art, different art form and give it life that way. Just trying to like my friend, someone did a story about, um, he wanted to do a show about his family and the wigs, the wigs across America. Fantastic episode. Yeah. Uh, American hair story, still better name than whatever he was going to call it. Um, but like, you know, that's not going to be a TV show. Like that's not going to be what he intended. So, but like, it's still like funny and deserves it's deserves weight, deserves to be told, deserves to be enjoyed. It's just a different form of enjoyment. How did you find those sounds? Did you just go to like a sound library? Did you do any of the recordings yourself? Or? Uh, I am like, uh, you know, like a part, like one of the running jokes that I have just for my own in my brain is that I was like, oh, I want all the audio on here to be failed audio. Like all like so I'd go on YouTube and I'd be like, uh, you know, I want this. Wow, lots of Lord of the Rings references. Um, like, I want the music from the Shire, but played by, I don't know, a recorder. Like, a terrible recorder. I also, like, would get a lot of things commissioned on Fiverr. Like, okay. have you ever done that? I mean, it's like, you're not going for good on Fiverr. And I was like, I want all the sound effects to be off in some way. I kind of got away from that at certain points because it was just like, this is too hard and I really need this music from, here. you know, I need this epic music to go here. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, that was, that's like one of my, it's still like one of my like, oh, I'm always going to make it just a little bit off. And you said that you did this all in GarageBand. So how did you find, because I mean, for, you know, this is, this is the first time you did a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Learned from beginning to end in one year that that's that's commendable you know especially because you're using all of these tracks now i mean for i mean for your first time yeah that's really difficult to try and blend those all together my only thing is is that i do have a film background so i'm not unfamiliar with editing with tracks right. and being like okay i got a multi you know i got a fade here i got to bring this in just a kiss of this and like and be like okay now i got to level everything off 
So, like, I... It wasn't totally foreign to me, which was, like, a leg up. Right. Um, so... Yeah, and but like yeah, GarageBand is a learning curve, and then you learn it, and then you're like, oh, this was this is a very low functioning program, <laughs> but it gets the job done. You just yeah, sometimes you just want it to be not. You don't have to. You don't want to think about it. You just want it to be steady, and just do do what you need it to do, and GarageBand is the program for me. So with each guest, uh, you know, each guest goes on and they talk about their failed idea. Mm. So producing wise, how do you approach producing each episode? You know, finding that that, you know, not strain too much and, you know, just getting to the essence of that failed idea. Did you have any like formula to do that? I mean, like what what was what was the best way for you? Uh, it's funny because I think the show started out a little bit more um Freeform, like I, I didn't go in with a goal, but I always kind of started out with, okay, because I do kind of have that film background. And there was like some audio clip from, I think it's Ira Glass, who said, just keep what you like and then find a way to get to each thing you like. So I kind of just used that as my, you know, my thesis, right? So I'd listen to these stories Eventually, I started getting them transcribed because it's like a two-hour interview, and you really just can't. You just can't sit through two hours. It will make you want to die. Uh, even if you like that person, it's just too much. So I'd get a transcription done, and I'd just find the spots that I remembered that I knew I wanted, and then just cut the story together that way, and then like put on an intro that kind of had to do with it and kind of didn't. It was more just me being funny a lot of the times and um yeah go from there so you have um a really great social media account too mm -hmm. for your show mm -hmm. you have these really cool um animations of the of you know like a logo oh, yeah, of yeah, the yeah. how did that come about uh once again i built those really I, you did yeah, that too so holy I, cow like i said i'm a multi-dimensional artist here and i was limited in photography and i'm so over photography and, uh, yeah, I mean, like, the weird thing is, is the show, like, just opened me up to, like, being able to do all these other things. Uh, like, there's a writing element I really like to it. There's the animation element to it. Like, yeah, doing the little clips, figuring out the social media. Like, I really wanted to incorporate artists. Like, uh, like I'd send an artist the episode and be like, just draw whatever inspires you from this episode. And so like that would be part of the social media as well. Like that's the middle image is that someone would just pick something in the episode and draw from it. Because I just feel like so many art, like just because you think an idea has failed doesn't mean other people think it's failed. Like there's a story about Richard Avedon. There's this photo of a model standing in front of an elephant and it's, a, it's one of his famous images, right? He always thought it was a failure because her dress isn't blowing in the wind, but it's one of his most famous images. So I think there was an element there too where I'm like, okay, so someone talks about their failed idea and then someone else can make something from it. So that was that, that's kind of where that came from. And also just building animations is kind of fun sometimes too. And you also opened it up for people to submit their own, mm -hmm. uh, you know, works that were inspired by those episodes. Yeah, yeah. How was that process? Uh, you know, I opened it up. It's, you know, it 
if I was doing it more regularly, I think that would hit more than uh, if, because it turns out, like I went into this thinking I was going to do a, like a soundscaped episode each week. I thought I was going to get that done. Um, that is not feasible <laughs> if you have a life outside of your podcast. Um, Just because of the time commitment or what? Yeah, like those episodes take a long time. Like, I mean, I get they're like 20 minutes, but they took a long time. And like just the way I think too, like I think kind of organically. So it's like, oh, you know, I'll get this stuff together. And then like, I'll get a really good idea. Like, oh, we got to do, I got to make that scooby-doo song you know like i gotta hire someone to make that scooby-doo did you make that or no no someone else someone on fiverr made that got it you know i'm not that good (laughs) that guy was i recommend him on fiverr if you guys so just explaining what we're talking about there's an episode where one of um one of the ideas was to do a scooby-doo svu crossover yeah 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 yeah. so someone mashed together the two themes and it sounded great it's amazing i let it play the whole way through you can add that in here if you want fantastic i'll send you the i'll send you the file great so so what were your expectations for the show going into it or did you have any i did so i guess that's like something that i have learned going forward is that um yeah i had an expectation that i was going to be able to do it every week like, I really thought I was going to be able to do it every week. And um, I'm doing this once a month exactly because of that. Yeah. Like, I, whew, yeah, I, yeah, I was going to talk to you about that because I was like, okay, he's not doing weekly. Okay. Like, I, I wonder how he's going to do the release. It is once a month. The first <laughs> of the month, every month, that's it. Because See, I yeah. know how much time it takes. It takes so much fucking time. And I didn't have a concept of how much time that was going to take. Because, you know, you see, like, because I am comedy adjacent, I see, you know, these duos doing their podcasts and, like, cranking them out each week, right? And that's fine if you're not doing any editing on it. But just in the way I tell stories, I'm going to edit. And just in the way the content is anyway, you can't put someone talking about their failure for two hours. That You can't have that be raw. That's too, people get too vulnerable. Also, letting people talk for two hours, they get more honest. Like, you'll get a little more gems. Right. But also, you just get more, like... You get people looping in their head. I mean, you just get, you just got to cut it. Yeah. Got to cut it for kindness. So then were your, were your expectations met then? I mean, for like what? Uh, what I got like a month. I got a month of four episodes out. And then in November, I got three episodes out. And then I still have, I think I have three interviews to do still. Oh, great. Yeah. So then this season isn't over. No, this season isn't over. And then what I was going to do is kind of write a final, not like necessarily, but like a final, like a season closer that's about me and my failed idea. And like kind of finally put, I don't know, finally tell my story about what happened with that book and all that stuff and where the idea came from. Because I think that would really put it all together really nicely so that's that's my goal and then after you do that is the show going to be over and you're going to no i don't i don't know what like i think like that will be one chapter of it i i really like podcasting like that is like one of the things like i love the dynamic of sitting like this and like 
chatting. I like one of the things about podcasting is that it really let me explore my voice. It really let me just be the talent in front, you know, like I, I think a lot of the time I've put people in front of me and podcasting lets you, lets you do that. Like it lets you be front and center. It lets me be quirky and weird. Let me, it let me have all this freedom and I really want to keep going with that. So I think like going forward, I would make sure the land of failed ideas has 10 episodes in the can before I release. Uh, I think I would structure it out a little bit differently. I think I might pay for a few more. And the biggest lesson would be to have 10 episodes, you know, like have the season done before I release. Like that would have been ideal. Did you have an ideal listener in mind? Um, I think my ideal listener is a someone who does creative stuff for a living. I think that's, I think that's it. Cause it's not like fully comedy. And, uh, when it is funny, it's more like, Oh, that's funny. You know, the way comics laugh. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I just, I imagine like a, a sensitive soul maybe going through a little bit and, uh, maybe needing to feel less alone for a second. You talked a little bit um, about the feedback that you've gotten mm, mm-hmm. and some of it's been good. Some of it's been bad. How have you handled that, that maybe negative feedback or not so encouraging feedback? Uh, it's been interesting. Cause I don't, I can handle feedback depending on who it's coming from, but I had, yeah, I had some, I had some weird feedback. I had some feedback about how I'm not a good interviewer, how I, you know, how failed ideas just aren't that interesting and they're failed for a reason. It's always interesting when you get that because, like, of course, you know, you go to Trigger Town. Like, of course you do. Like, everybody goes to Trigger Town. But then, like, you know, once you manage to, like, get a little distance, it's like, well, okay, consider the source. That guy was not my ideal audience. He wants it to be a comedy podcast. That's not what it is. It's, it's a weird, sensitive story. It's therapy. It's therapeutic. It's a, it's a therapeutic thing that everybody goes through. And, is, and like one of the things that got me when I was going through the stuff with the book is that people were like, oh, this happens every time you sign a contract. Like I was totally invalidated everywhere I went, and I thought I was losing my mind. And I want someone who's going through that to not feel like they're losing their mind. And that was kind of where it all came from. And so like that is my ideal audience, I think, is someone that is a creative, that has had failed ideas, that is like a little burnt out and that you need a little bit of a break from, you know, like you just need a break, so. What were some of your biggest failures on that show? You know, like personally or, you know, like technically? Oh, technically. Well, oh man, (laughs) some failures. Okay. I know I've talked a lot about letting people talk, but being able to guide them a little better. Yeah. In the beginning, being able to guide them, like I didn't learn that until like about four interviews in and I was like, oh, I just don't need to, like this only needed to be 10 minutes, like that kind of thing. By guiding them, do you mean that you like they were getting off topic too much yes right and 
and they would go a little bit too in inward, like a little bit too triggered, a little bit too inward. Right. Um, also in the beginning, I only had one good mic and I used my Zoom to, like this is just a technical thing and I used a Zoom to like record the other person or me. So like there was a lot of me having to, you know, you can hear the person on both mics. So your guest had the Audio-Technica yeah. and then you were just using the built-in mic on the, yeah. Yeah, it was a nightmare. And then like editing that and then being like, why isn't the sound good? Like what is happening? Like. Right. So having to figure that out, yeah, I would say like my my biggest failure, I don't, you know, like it's weird because it was like actually I would equate it with the feedback and not being able to stand up for the project when the feedback was weird. And that I would say is it was a failure on my part because the, the project is good. And I just I was like, oh, it must not be, like I let this one person get to me when it was just like, you're not the ideal audience, bro. A lot of people <laughs> can't get over that. Yeah. You know, um, that's one of the great thing things about having these shows is people always tell you, you know, have that ideal, real niche listener in mm-hmm. mind. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when people don't like a show, like you said earlier, it's just because, well, you're not the audience. Not the audience, man. Because whatever that guy felt... I feel the exact opposite. Yeah. I, I mean, I loved the show. The show was great. I want to hear more of it. Ugh, amazing. Thank you. And I you. mean, like all of the of the objections that he had, they're so insignificant to me. Yeah. You know, worrying about the 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 audio quality wasn't as good. It's like, who cares? It was, yeah, it was. The thought behind everything is there. The execution was there. It's like, if you can't get past that, then, you know, good luck having fun doing mm-hmm. this yeah yeah thank you thank you for saying that because it is it is interesting because podcasting is so intimate you are in a bubble like you are in a bubble where it's like you literally can tell any story you want and it can be as intimate as you want and you can put it out into the world and never hear anything ever again like that is the beauty of it and also like you know i didn't know anybody liked it really you know like it's cute and it's quirky and my friends liked it, but I didn't know like if it was reaching anybody or connecting with anybody, you know? Did you look at the analytics? I did, but it's just like one of the things I learned. So (laughs) at that podcasting festival that I went to out of all like that, my week of intense podcast networking, the one thing, the overarching thing is that the analytics do not matter anymore. Like until you reach 10,000, it just doesn't matter. That was like the overarching thing. And so like, you know, I was just like, if this reaches 10 people, that's cool. If it reaches 500 people, that's cool. My analytics aren't great. I'm not a super good promoter. Like I'm not good at promoting. But the people who did take the time to listen to it on occasion did, there was, you know, like there was good feedback but it's like people that are in my circle you know what I mean like it's not like I knew how it was reaching the masses or anything like that also yeah I don't know analytics don't mean anything to me (laughs) what what company do you have hosting that show Lipson Blueberry Buzzsprout okay cool yeah I jumped from 
berry. Blueberry. Yeah. I jumped from there because I was like, I don't get this. And so I went to Buzzsprout, which was a little bit more self-explanatory or like it, I, you know, all that analytics and all that stuff don't, I don't know. Like that's like where I enter the realm of like, um, I just gestured my hands on a podcast. Uh, I threw them up in the air. Like, I don't know, like an Italian person. Yeah, so that's where it enters that realm of like, right? Oh God, this is my this is my weak spot with my actual artwork and like getting stuff out there. We enter that realm of that that block. But also, I think right now it probably doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter. No, you know, no. And I think going forward, like this first season was about me figuring it out, and I think that's where I needed to go and and like focus on that. And, like, you know, focus on getting over my own things with this podcast. Kind of like a podcast as therapy, you know? Because talking to people about failed ideas made me feel better. Good. Yeah. So So what were your biggest uh, successes with this show? I think one of the biggest successes was being able to connect. It's funny, not with an audience, but with, like, people in general like like that were on the show and you know friends of my circle that did listen to it like that kind of thing where it was just like oh this does happen and you know anybody i talk to about the idea there is some sort of universal thing there about it like if you make stuff you've had failed ideas that you're super attached to that just didn't work out and I really do think there is something to being able to like comfortably let them go so you can welcome new ideas in. Like I really do think there is something to it. So I'd say one of that that's one of the big successes. I've really I've really enjoyed writing more. I've really enjoyed sharing my voice more. I've talked a little bit about that where I think I've used collaborative projects and I've used someone like I end up producing people like or working with someone that ends up being in front of the camera or the star, just hoping that they'll turn around and be like, I couldn't have done this without you. That never happens. Like, you need to promote your own voice and have your own voice. Yeah, I was thinking about it, and I'm like, oh, man. Like, if I was producing someone else's podcast right now, like, I would have done, like, like, if the Land of Failed Ideas was someone else's project, I would have had to do animations for them. I would have had to do like all this booking. I would have had to do all this editing. And it's just like that idea is so like, I don't know how audio engineers do it. Like, I don't know how producers do it. I, but doing it for myself was like a whole new ball game. It was like worth the effort. It was worth learning how to do these things. And so that has been a really big success and yeah, and then the fact that it's not, like, it can continue in all these different forms. Like, it's not, f- like, finite, which is really appealing to me that I don't have to just be in one media. Do you have any advice for someone just starting off? Just starting off? Well, it's, it's like elementary, right? Like, just do it, right? Give yourself a good, a good footing, a good start. Like, do some research on it. See if you're actually going to want to do it. If you have a story to tell... The skills will come as you just develop your story. And if you're passionate enough about it, you will figure out how to do it as you go forward. 
Um, and that is kind of like how I've always lived my life, and it's led to a lot of diverse skills. Um, so that that is the advice I would give to someone who's starting out. And also just try to try to have it sound good. <laughs> just like please, like we wanna we wanna listen to your story. If it sounds weird, like if it sounds bad, I just hit the mic so you get get a real real sense of what that's like, guys. Just try please. We want to hear your ideas. Michelle, I cannot thank you enough. Please listen to her show, The Land of Failed Aww. Ideas. It is absolutely fantastic. Check out her Instagram page. It's the same name, correct? Uh, Michelle Alexis. At right. Michelle Alexis, yeah. Thank you for having me. This was fun. It was fun to talk about this process. What was your least favorite thing about recording? The fear of it just not recording. Oh, my God. <laughs> the fear, like, literally the fear. That is, um, that is 100% my fear, too. Yeah, like, you, you talk for, like, hours, and then you just don't have it. It actually happened to a comedian that I know where he's like, oh, we got this restaurant guy in, and oh, the SIM card just didn't work. And it was like, oh, God. That happens. That happens. <laughs> I, just, I especially because I have no like didn't have a troubleshooting. Like I, you know, if it doesn't work, there was nothing I could do other than just sit there and be pissed or yeah. sit there and freak out. Yeah, like there was just nothing. <sighs> I just went through that with like a new major client that I got. Like Oof. major client. Oof. And we were using wireless microphones. We were using oh wireless labs. God. And the thing about wireless Wireless anything, you have signal droppage. Yeah. You know, there's no guarantee. I mean, it's like your Wi-Fi. Yeah. Your Wi-Fi goes down. It's <laughs> Verizon. It's the biggest network in the world, but it still goes down. Yeah. Wireless microphones are the same thing. So we're doing th uh, three interviews, one right after the other. It's this major, major Hollywood producer, oh a major God. writer. I put on lavaliers five minutes in, droppage. But at least you caught it, right? Like you didn't go all the way through. Well, I did, but we had backup. So one of the things that you learn as an engineer is redundancy. Yeah. We had backup audio, and then we had backup audio for that backup audio, and then we had backup audio for that backup audio. <laughs> so I didn't want to stop the recording, which in hindsight, I probably should have, and mm -hmm. I should have addressed it. Yeah. I just said, fuck it, I'm going to let this go, and we're going to use the backup. Now, mm. I knew the backup wasn't going to sound as good. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm sure fear was in there of stopping this of sure, major, sure. you know, so I was like, screw it, I'm just going to let it go. And the end result was was okay. But, you know, that was one of those things where, like, during the session, I'm just like, I fucking suck at this. I should stop. I hate everything. Just go <sighs> work at Best Buy. Oh, and God. not have to worry about pressure like this. 
Oh, I understand. I understand. Oh, God. So, yeah. So, I mean, for you, I would recommend just take your Zoom and walk outside and go do recordings. Go do practice recordings. Yeah, you yeah. know, do all that. Well, I don't, because re- well, I don't ca- record on the Zoom anymore. Oh, like, right. I record, you, just, you just record yeah, your laptop. straight in, which does allow me more. Like, I... You know, like, I feel pretty confident with the Zoom. It's never totally failed me, you know? Like, I... It's going to happen, though. Shut up. (laughs) Shut up. It won't. It won't. We love each other. It's not going to happen. When you were looking for the individual sounds to put in, Mm -hmm. you know, for, like, the wind blowing over hills or, like, the slide whistle, Mm -hmm. did you spend a lot of time going through sounds? You did? Absolutely. That is where I hit... Like, honestly, because you nailed every single one of those sounds. It was thank you, because that is what took the time. Okay. because that is because I didn't have access to a sound effects library. And I ended up just going on YouTube and finding audio, ripping audio off of YouTube and then putting it on there. That was what. I ended up doing. And when I couldn't rip it for some reason, like if it was a copyrighted file, I'd take the microphone and record it off the computer. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Wow, then, I didn't notice that. Well, I, I like if it's, I try to do it low. Like I'd, I'd put it low in the actual file so you don't hear the like boom you get when you record off a, right. off a speaker. Yeah, I did that. I like did whatever I could when I found the right thing. But it... But it, it takes finding the right thing. Like, yeah, no, they they were all great. I mean, all of them. Thank you. Yeah, thank loved you. it. That's the time. Yeah, that's the time that it took. What were your busy, biggest? What were your biggest successes? Oh my god! What were your biggest? <laughs> brutal. Are you gonna cut all your stutters out? Fuck yeah, I am. That's gone. <laughs> Only you're hearing that. Well, now you have to leave it in because it's a failed idea. Okay. Only because you said that, I'm going to leave it in. Okay, okay.